Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach David Bartke here. Today is Sunday, June the 17th, 2018. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, your weekend daily dose of happy, a weekend dose, I guess. And uh, we're actually starting about a half hour early because both David and I had things we wanted to do on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there and to even the uh, soon-to-be fathers or even want-to-be fathers. This is a day for all the fathers, so happy Father's Day. And uh, David, yeah, I... happy Father's Day. Yay. Yes, absolutely. And uh, <laughs> I know you spent time with your, your father today. That's terrific. And Hope yeah, you had a great time. Had a fun day. He had a, he, as you know, they, he likes going to the casino. That's right, yes. So we went there. And it was a casino day. Yeah, it was fun. We went out to brunch first, and then we drove a little over an hour. And um, I had a very interesting win there, not so much on the, on, on the slot machines. You know, that would have been nice. But um, I was playing, and I... I kind of went through uh, my entertainment money that I brought for the day, and I was sitting at this one slot machine, and the person next to me, who I don't know at all, like zero, <laughs> said, oh, you have free money on your card. Like, you know, you get a casino card, and you put the card in the machine. Okay. I said, I do. And this is someone I don't even know. <laughs> he goes... Hmm. You do look. It says like there was something on my screen where it shows like where your card is. It's something like a free bonus play or something. Because okay. look, it says you have free bonus play. But I thought that was so weird, Walt, because he didn't know I was you know using the last twenty that I brought with me, or <laughs> he doesn't even know me. So like this total stranger out of the blue, quote out of the blue, which we know really isn't out of the blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Decides to let me know that I had free money on my casino card. Wow, very so nice. Anyway, so yeah, so so he told me how to look, and I did, and I had seventy five dollars free play. So yeah, I was like, wow, I have. I just wanted to <laughs> to share that tonight because yeah, it was so like law of attractiony, you know, like it just boom. I <laughs> I was told I had free money, and he was right. I thanked him. <laughs> and it was and when I you least expected on. it. That's what's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I was, and I was just thinking to myself when I sat down, well, I'll just try this 20. If it turns into more than that, that's great. If not, you know, I'll just get a drink or something and wait for everybody else. And mm-hmm. there he, and I, I just think it's, I mean, well, come on. Out of all the slot machines in this whole casino with hundreds of slot machines, like, yeah. I don't think I don't think if I sat anywhere else a person next to me who I don't know would tell me that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty unusual so. to say the least. Totally. So anyway, I thank that person whoever it was. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, yeah, somehow he was moved to tell me that and that's I great. needed it at the time. And yeah, and I was like, wow, what a nice win for the day. Yeah, that How is that a good happen? one. <laughs> It's just, so, yeah, just goes to prove to you never know how the winds are going to come. You, I mean, you, you try to attract certain things and you hope for certain things, but you also have to be aware and, and be ready for the unusual. And there's a perfect example of an unusual one. Totally. And like, you know, as you know, you know, as what I do with, as with, with the coaching and as you know, in general, we don't know how things are going to manifest. And 
actually, when we get caught up in trying to figure it out, then we kind of block it from happening because we're starting to put resistance in the mix. But I will say it's interesting because I had zero resistance because I was just, well, if I was in that moment like, well, whatever. If I use this $20 and something happens, great. If not, that's fine too. So I wasn't even offering any resistance about not having more than that. And then I get this information. So it was very, very good. Very, very good. Yeah. So that was uh, a win I'd like, I wanted to share because it was just so a lot of attraction y. So. Well, you're always anyway, asking me if, about uh, food wins, right? What, what do you call them? Yeah, vibration about foods? You, yeah. Well, Louise and I decided to, to take the day and drive up to Vermont, up to um, nice. the uh, Woodstock, Vermont area. And it's about, uh, I don't know, three hour drive, something like that from here. So it was a nice trip. And got up there. And we went to this place that Louise had seen on television. Uh, I don't know if you know the travel uh, show host named Samantha Brown. Um, yes, I do. Do you know, do you know yeah. Samantha Brown? Right. Well, she yeah. she was a travel host for a long time, and then uh, she had a family, and so she was off the air for a bit, and now she's back on on uh, PBS, I believe. And uh, Louise had seen a show she had done a few years back when she had visited Woodstock, Vermont, and among other things, had gone to this one particular restaurant there uh, called Simon Pierce and wanted to, wanted to see it, wanted to go there. So that's where we went. And it was one of those deals. Now, talk about parking, first of all. This was, this is a place out in the middle of nowhere, so you'd think parking would be easy to get, right? Well, not so much. <laughs> Apparently, there was a fair going on right next door, so all the parking was taken forever. <laughs> it was gone. <laughs> and... We almost gave up, but I wasn't quite ready to give up. And, and then we, we we basically did a loop around and came back, and I said, I wonder if there's a parking place over at this one spot that was, was like about, I don't know, half a block away. And right. as we got over there, sure enough, there was a spot, but there was also a convertible pulling into it. It's like, oh, well, we just missed that one. But I had a feeling there had to be another one around. So we, we, we were kind of talking about, well, let's just go into Woodstock itself and see if we can find anything because this is like, I don't know, 10 miles outside of town. Right. And so we, we uh, started to do the turnaround. And, and as we're, we're, we're basically leaving the area about a block and a half away, but pointing in the opposite direction, over on the left, I see parking spot. I was like, cool, let's grab it. So we did. And what was even better about it, it was in the shade, which was very, very good. Um, very nice. It was about a block and a half away. So considering the circumstances, that was really, really good. But explain why why in the shade was important because it was really hot today. <laughs> oh, it was a hot really day. Hot. Yeah, anybody on the East yeah. Coast, especially in, in the Northeast or even in the Southeast for that matter, uh, knew this was a hot day. This was a very hot day. Uh, tense, it was in the nineties. Nineties, yeah. most of most of the uh, East Coast, even in Vermont. Now this is you know midway up into Vermont, so it's, you know it's a little bit cooler up there. But even there, I think the high was like eighty eight, so it was not a real cool day. So being in the shade was definitely a, a plus. And uh, it was a nice plus. So anyway, we got the spot, and uh, we work our way to the restaurant, go inside. And now, before we got to the restaurant, I don't, I don't know if I can really describe how this is all laid out, but like many New England towns, this this was very New Englandy. It had New England architecture, and it was like 
like everything in New England is miniature, right? So you have mountains and you have valleys and so forth, and you have rivers and you have waterfalls, but everything is very miniaturized compared to the rest of the nation. And this particular mm-hmm. town is no exception. There's a, a river, a small river that comes through there. It had been dammed up many, many years ago, I'd say probably 150 years ago, um, for, uh, I'm not even sure what, it was some sort of factory that had gone in that needed uh, water power for what it was doing. And it had been abandoned. And it in the last 30, 40 years, something like that, I'm not sure exactly when, it was basically uh, recovered and, and redone by somebody who was a glassblower named Simon Pierce. And he had gotten permission from the state to uh, basically set up hydroelectric at this particular site. And that basically provides all the power not only for his installation there and this restaurant, but also for many of the buildings in the area. So they have a little, you know, little mini hydroelectric plant there, and it's not a real big waterfall, but you know, it's enough to to supply their needs. On top of that, uh, and it's beautiful too. I mean, it's just a gorgeous little idyllic setting, very cute, you know. Yeah, so, a- so we're looking at this. There's a, there's a covered bridge right there. Of course, that's also a very New England phenomenon. Wow, and very scenic. Very scenic, and so we go inside and. Uh, now this is an unusual operation. Like I said, he was a glass blower, and they do have glass blowing in there. You can you can see where that is. They actually also show you where the hydroelectric uh, setup is, so you can go see uh, what's going on there. And then there's the restaurant upstairs, and there's also a gift shop. So it's kind of a little thing they got there. So we go upstairs, go through the gift shop to the restaurant, and of course they make you go through the gift shop, right? And isn't that a rule? Whenever you have a gift shop, you want to get <laughs> to go through the first. It's, it's like a casino. Those. You know, you want to go. Bye, you want to go bye, shopping bye. at the, at the <laughs> casino, you have to go through the slots first, right? So same kind of deal. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we got to the restaurant, and my wife uh, says to the hostess, um, any chance we could sit by the water? And she pokes her head around and says, oh, yeah, there's one right over there, and takes us over to the table that is right in the corner, right in the perfect view for the waterfall. And, I mean, it was like the, uh, the best table in the entire house. It was wonderful. Wow, that sounds so nice. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So we sit down and we're feeling really good. We're high fiving each other, like yes, this is all working out really, really great. And they served, uh, they, they brought us the menus and served us our, our luncheon, and it was just delicious food. And we hung out there for oh, geez, probably an hour and a half, um, just you know, eating and drinking and talking and just enjoying the the, the falls and the river. Um, there were actually people swimming below the falls so we're watching some of them some of them were jumping off of uh, off of little cliffs into the water so it's like you know 25 foot jump into the into the water there was a there was also a rope swing so if you wanted to rope swing into the water the swimmers could do that so i mean it was just great it was so nice and we we just enjoyed it like a little like a little fantasy spot yeah it was it was (laughs) very very pleasant so i mean it wasn't just the food the entire experience was high vibration raising Really, really Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, wonderful. Yay. <laughs> so that's our, our special story for the day. <laughs> that's that's a good one. I love that. I just, yeah. You painted that scene really well. I can, I can envision you at the table and <laughs> you and the waterfall and the people and the covered oh. bridge. And <laughs> it's like you're like sitting in a postcard, you know? Pretty much. Yeah. It was it was idyllic. It was really, really pretty. And And to get that table on a Father's Day really blew my mind. I mean, that's true. Yeah. You know, it was just like very <laughs> surprising, but there it was. It was yeah, waiting for us. <laughs> very nice. Yeah, everything nice. fell into place the way it needed to. Perfect. Now, and that Perfect. kind of ties into where we are with the book. 
Because you and I are discussing the book, The Astonishing Power of Emotions, Let Your Feelings Be Your Guide by Esther and Jerry Hicks. And we're in part two where they have a bunch of examples of, of objections and concerns and questions that people have raised at Abraham workshops uh, that kind of, you know, these are like the, the, the greatest hits, so to speak, the ones that get asked most often and, and are representative of a lot of the stuff that they get at these workshops in terms of questions. And this one, as soon as I saw the question today, I realized, yeah, th this is probably the number one question on the minds of so many people. I mean, the particular questioner in yeah. this case is in a really, really bad spot financially, but everybody wants to know how do you attract the money, right? It's the number one thing that people want. That is so, one of the number ones. It is. Oh, uh, well, I would say it is the number one. I mean, relationships are pretty high, I know, and, and health is pretty yeah. high and all that kind of stuff. But money always seems to be the first one that everybody thinks of, right? Yep. Yep, absolutely. So let's see. How are we going to attack this one? Do we, should we? Shall I read a bit and you read a bit and that kind of thing? Sure. Go for it. All right. So I'll read a page or two and then you can take over. All right. All right, example 12 is entitled, I have so little money with no improvement in sight, which is a very down title to say the least. Okay, my friend called wanting me to go get something to eat and go to a movie, but I couldn't afford to do it. It isn't just that I don't think I should spend the money. I really have no money. I get paid in two more days, but for now, I'm broke. I have enough to eat in my apartment, not anything very good, but I have several cans of soup, cereal, some granola bars, and peanut butter and crackers, so I won't starve. But I'm so tired of having no money. Some of my friends have more money than I do, and, and they don't even have jobs. Their family sends the money. How sweet is that? I want to go back to school so I can get a better job, but that takes a long time before it makes any difference. And meanwhile, I can't see how I'll be able to work and go to school at the same time. I wish someone would give me some money. <laughs> <laughs> and, give me the money <laughs> the, 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 the first thing that went through my mind as I'm reading this is if this is representative of somebody who's at a, uh, an Abraham workshop where did they get the money to go to the workshop I mean those workshops aren't cheap you know like $225 know you know it's, yeah. this, this isn't exactly chump change where did they get I'm, I don't know whatever not, they, to some, mention, not to mention the Abraham Cruz yeah that, oh geez forget that now you're talking thousands so yeah <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that worked out, but well, we'll, we'll just we'll let that sleeping dog lie, okay? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so anyway, Abraham starts to reply and says, "Whenever you are in the middle of some very vivid life experience, it is hard not to notice it. This is true. It is logical that you would have a keen awareness of how much money you have right now because your financial situa situation affects so much of your life experience." Many things that are important to you are tied to your financial state. But while we understand that it is not likely that you could just stop noticing the fact that you currently have no money, we do want you to begin to understand that you have options about how you feel about your situation. In other words, you could have no money and feel terrified or angry, or you could have no money and find it amusing. That would be a different reaction, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I don't think most people know about option two. <laughs> no, but it would be quite different. Now, yeah. most discover that the way they feel depends upon the circumstances. If I have no money right now, but I will be paid soon, I will feel much better than if I have no money right now and no way of knowing when any will come. That's true. Uh -huh. Now, most people feel the way they do at any point in time because of their awareness of how things are. When things are going well, they feel good. When things are going poorly, they feel bad. 
and that is the reason why so many people feel a need to control the conditions around them. Very true. That almost deserves an underline because of how how true that and how important that is. We understand how enticing it is to attempt to control conditions because through action and effort, you can control some conditions to a certain extent. But when you begin to see your world and your life from the standpoint of vibration, and you put more of your effort toward vibrational alignment and less toward physical action, you will discover the leverage and power of thought. You will discover what the wealthy and influential people of your world have known and applied throughout history. Some very good things are happening to you while you are writhing in the discomfort of not having enough money. Boy, there's a good description. Writhing in the discomfort. Writhing, yeah. Mm. For from that uncomfortable place of knowing what you do not want, you are launching rockets of desire for what you do want. You want a greater feeling of security, and you want more money. You want to discover enjoyable activities that can produce revenue for you. You want to be able to afford things and experiences that are pleasing to you. In other words, your current situation is the basis from which you are asking for many things. And those things, because of your asking, are lining up for you even while you are writhing in a state of discomfort. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Let's read that one again. Those things, because of your asking, are lining up for you even while you are writhing in a state of discomfort. Yes. Boy, that, that's really hard to believe it when, when you're first seeing something like that. Right, but let's you're continue. Not feeling that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you're, you're not, not feeling, feeling it. You don't that. see it. Yeah. It's not around. You can't, like, where is exactly. it? I don't see it, you know. <laughs> exactly. However, as long as you are feeling the discomfort, you do not have access to what you have asked for. Your discomfort means that you are pointed upstream while the things you are asking for are all downstream. You have to find some downstream thoughts regarding you and money. And until you do, nothing will change for you. And so, try to find a thought that gives you a slight sensation of relief. Like, I'll get paid on Friday and then I'll have some money. Yeah, that's a slight sensation. Mm-hmm. There is a sense of relief in that thought, but it may be short-lived because you are so aware of, the, of your usual pattern. You get paid and have money for a few days, you spend the money quickly, and then you end up in that uncomfortable place again. And your discomfort is not only about not having enough money right now, it is also about not having enough money to last or enough money to really live the way you want to live. You may feel unhappy with yourself that you did not apply yourself more diligently earlier, earlier in your life, having no college degree yet and no career choice yet, even though friends your age have these things. You may feel resentment that your parents did not provide more support for you once you reached college age, or that your family had no business to include you in, or that you had no inheritance to look forward to. Often the subject of money has many deep-rooted ties that you must find relief from, or you will not allow yourself to turn and flow in the direction of, of the desires that your life has helped you to identify. In other words, it really is worth spending the time to find relief whenever you are keenly aware of negative emotions because every time you make the effort, you release a bit more resistance. In time, you can actually become resistance-free, even on subjects like money that have so many connections to resistant thoughts and feelings. That's an encouraging idea, that you can become Mm -hmm. resistance-free. And then in italics it says, remind yourself that you are where you are, and that is fine. Just plunge into the process from right where you are, making your statements, whatever they may be, and then work to find more relief in your statements in an effort to turn downstream. 
Tell you what, why don't you read the uh, the, the downstream thoughts? I'll 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 read the um, the description. And you read the thoughts. All right. So here are some examples of more downstream thoughts. I do get paid on Friday, but I'll probably be broke again by Monday. Well, that's not so downstream. <laughs> that doesn't sound very downstream. No. I don't make enough money to live very well at all. Definitely not downstream. I think we need to work on this again. No. So you yeah. are where you are, and this is how things are. But you can feel better than this if you'll make an effort. And here so are some examples. So make an effort, David. <laughs> I will make the effort by all right. simply reading the book. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. That's a good effort. <laughs> I do have a job. I don't like it very much. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a hard time getting getting this job, however. That's better. It came to me relatively easily. Oh, that's good. I did have and still have other job options. Very good. I do think I could get a better job if I really wanted to. That's really good. Here you have yeah. a very slight improvement, but that is a very good thing because even that much improvement opens a door to another level of improved ideas. Yes, yes. And here are some of those improved ideas. This job seemed like a good fit at the time. Although I wanted a better job, this was at the time about all I could really see myself doing. My ideas of what I would like to do have changed. I could do better if I wanted to. Your words in this last sentence are about the same as the last sentence in the earlier grouping. However, this time, you are feeling them more. Your relief is obvious now. And here are more thoughts that are helpful. There are good-paying jobs that I'm capable of getting. If that guy can earn more money, I can too. There you go. Everyone, Yeah, everyone has to start from where they are. There are lots of self-made millionaires. Mm-hmm. Wow, they they jumped there quickly. <laughs> that, that was a pretty big leap, I have to say. <laughs> That's pretty big, right? From someone stuck at a job they don't like to, their, to the millionaires. But yeah. why not? Well, okay. Go for it. If that feels then, like a small job, jump to you, then take the leap. <laughs> and then the last example is, look at, oh, here they say it. Look at me going from no money at all to thinking about self-made millionaires. <laughs> There's our answer. <laughs> so the commentary says, Now, nothing has changed today in the amount of money that you have in your possession, but wonderful things have changed vibrationally in the last few minutes. We warn you, or I'm sorry, we want you to understand that the difference in the way you felt and the way you now feel is the difference between no money and millions. Hmm. But it will take more like than... Warren. I like Warren. You said Warren. I yeah, Warren. <laughs> Yeah, that was a little bit of a mistake, but uh, it has a little value to it. It kind of fits, yeah. It kind of does, yep. So anyway, um, but it will take more than one exercise to cause a consistent enough change that you will see results. Boy, I wish that was underlined. Yeah, right. that's that Boy, is that if, if that doesn't represent, I don't know what does, although we could even yeah. say it more clearly. But let's see what they say. In other words, what you did just now... Is enough if you could maintain this freer, more secure, more humorous feeling that you have about money right now. But it is likely that the circumstances of your life will get your attention and you will revert back to your more usual feelings about money. And isn't that mm-hmm. the truth? Isn't that what we normally yeah. do? Yeah, because so that's what we're used to, so it's easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's easy and it's familiar and that's what we... And, and we don't even recognize we're doing it a lot of the time, you know? Totally, not totally. You're right. Yes, it's just so practiced that most people—that's their go-to. They just go back to their go-to. 
Well, it's habitual. It's, you know, yeah. that's what I always do, right? <laughs> it's so habitual, we don't even notice it half the time. In fact, I would say most of the time we don't even notice it. So anyway, uh, continuing, it says, if you will sit with this improved feeling for a while and make the decision that you are going to use it as a downstream touchstone, and you will make a consistent effort to turn toward the thoughts of relief that are downstream, in a very short time, you will train your vibration into alignment with the desires that you have. And then not only will you begin to consistently feel more financially secure, but your actual financial picture will begin to reflect those vibrational changes. There will be a time, not far from now, when you experience money flowing to you so abundantly and easily that you will find it humorous that you held it away for so long. So continue reaching for the better feeling thoughts, such as... I always have enough money for whatever I want. I want many expensive and wonderful things. I now understand that whatever I want is easily available to me. I have only to identify it and it comes to me. I now understand the ease that I have seen in the financial situation of others. I can now remove money from the equation. When my life helps me to understand that I desire something, the perfect circumstances to achieve it appear before me. I can always feel which paths for achievement will please me most. It's interesting to me how many different paths are offered to me now. There is so much variety, each path nice in a different way, but all leading to the financial success I seek. So if you've been following this, by taking your time and trying to find some of the feelings that we are projecting in these foregoing statements, you have come a long way, from a position of no money to financial independence. You are where you are. It doesn't matter how much or how little money you have in relationship to others. There are no limitations for you. Your own life is helping you to define your current goals, and when you find re relieving downstream thoughts, you will achieve them. Universal laws support you in this. The law of attraction will continue to show you the path of least resistance and the ways in which your life will improve are unlimited. So, sounds real simple, doesn't it? <laughs> I was just going to say, wait a minute, we have to talk about this a little bit longer. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like it's so easy. And yet, how often do we fail to pull it off? Yes. yes. So why this is This is a good example of, of where quote, doing the work comes in, that whether it's about money or whatever, is in that moment when you're feeling the lack of money or the lack of whatever, realizing it, and then in that moment taking action, like they say in this chapter, to, to deliberately reach for more downstream thoughts, you know, thoughts that feel better than what you were thinking and to deliberately start raising yourself vibrationally about the topic and to get into more of a hopeful mindset about it. And that's, that's the work. And that's what, you know, we all have to do. You have to put in the work. I also have to say that the downstream thoughts that they listed are truly downstream and they don't even come close to resembling anything I've ever said to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you they really said... don't. <laughs> Yeah. No, but I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm being funny about it. But the point is, when I do my downstream thoughts, they don't sound anything like this. You mean and, in general or about money? About money or in general? Well, either way. Either way. Mm -hmm. um, the downstream thoughts I have, 
Well, sometimes there's a certain overlap to what they're talking about. Like, for instance, um, they say, let's see, where is it I was looking at? I always have enough money for whatever I want. I have said that. But not the That's way they good. said it. Not the way they said you, it. Not the way you meant, they meant it. remember how you say it? Oh, very clearly, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you the exact words because the words vary every time. But the feeling of it I can explain very easily. The feeling of it was I always have just enough. Just barely enough to survive. Just barely enough to get by. That's the way it really mm -hmm. came out in my experience. That, mm -hmm. and, and literally, it was month to month where every single month there's always just enough. Which is a very frustrating way to live. <laughs> yes. Of course. Yes. I mean, on the one hand, it, you keep getting there. You keep, it, it keeps showing up. You know, the bills always get paid. And on the other hand, it's like, when are we going to get out from behind the eight ball? <laughs> right, because just enough means you're limiting yourself. There's well, yeah. You're putting a limit. You're putting exactly. a limit on what you can attract financially. Oh, yeah. Why, why Which do, I did. Why do that? I did yeah. that for the longest time. Not while well, I didn't realize mm -hmm. I was putting a limit on. But, oh, goodness grief, that went on for a long, long time. And even to this day, I find myself still occasionally drawn to that thought. I don't go there very often. Fortunately, I've... I've made enough progress in my own self-talk that I'm not yeah. there very often. Um, but for me, it illustrates just how easily we can start with a downstream thought, but kind of get stuck there. We, we, we don't progress. You know what I mean? I, I didn't yeah. progress from that for the longest time. What did work so what for was me... It, what was it that you realized, like, oh, wait a minute, I need to come up with something better? Well, the way that felt told me. Mm -hmm. Th that was one of the mm -hmm. first times that I understood the concept that what we feel is actually almost more important than the thought itself because the feeling mm -hmm. indicates how much power it has and, and what direction it's in and all that kind of thing. And I now appreciate that. I now understand that. Um, because on the one hand, it was an expression of, of real frustration when I was saying that to myself and to my wife. My wife and I would constantly say, you know, we're really tired of this. Uh, and mm -hmm. actually, early on, she was trying to encourage me with, well, you know, the good news is the bills always get paid. We should relax about that. And she was right. <laughs> but she eventually came yeah. over to my way of thinking. We both started fretting like, you know, we're really getting sick of this. <laughs> so, which goes to prove two things. First, it shows that we really can influence somebody else with our thoughts. And number two, we got to be careful because sometimes we influence them with the negative thoughts, not the ones we had in mind, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Not the yeah. ones we wanted to influence right. with. But uh, no, actually, that has changed. Sometimes people don't even realize how limiting they are with finances. Like a lot of people I coach, I say, like if they want to attract more money, I I always ask, well, what if you had an unlimited amount of money? What would you? What are some things you would buy? Or what would the difference be between now and if you had a lot of money, unlimited? And usually, it takes them a while to really break through. The limiting belief and, and start talking about things that they feel are really out of reach in the moment to what they really want you know like whatever everyone has different things but you know some people some people would like love a private jet or a chauffeur or a you know a, a bigger house or whatever it is and it, sometimes it takes them a while to get to that point where they're saying those things and then they then when they do they realize like wow I didn't realize how I was limiting myself, even just with my thoughts. Oh, yeah. You know, it doesn't cost anything to think, ooh, I'd love to have a private
private jet or whatever. That doesn't cost anything. <laughs> there is there is one downside to that kind of thought. It really comes down to whether or not the thought truly is a pleasing and empowering thought. Because it's also possible to think, I would really like to have a jet and deep down feel like you're never going to get it. Well, and, when I do it with them, they don't have that because we're doing. There's a certain way that I'm doing it with them. But I know what you mean, though. Yes, it could do that. Yeah, that's you, why certain it can go people, either way. So you have to be careful. Right, that's why certain people talk about vision boards. Like, oh, I have a vision board, and I always ask them, well, when you look at your vision board, how does it make you feel? Does it make you right. feel like, oh yeah, right, like I'm really going to be able to attract whatever's on there, or does it make you feel like, yay, you know, I can't wait to whatever and sometimes mm -hmm. they say when i look at my vision board it kind of you know makes me more upset because it reminds me that i don't have this yet or i don't and that's when i say put the vision board away yes, right. <laughs> it's not, yeah it's not it's not doing what the people that talk about vision boards wanted to do and then right. you know i explain why they're like oh my god that totally makes sense right now i'm going to put it away and maybe you know when i'm more at a higher vibration, and I look at it in the, quote, law of attraction way, then I'll put it back out. Yep. Yeah, and that's a good good advice, and it's good policy to do that. Um, basically, to stick to the idea that you only want to put out there what feels good when you're putting it out there. If it's not feeling good, then you want to actually get yourself into alignment first. That's what I've been learning. You want to get yourself into alignment in any other way, not necessarily related to the topic of you know money or whatever it is, but simply just find something to feel good about, That's and then right. try again. Because yes. when you when you, when you start from that position, now you have a much better chance of being able to hold it, and to really focus on the positive side of it. Yeah, right? yeah, and, so, and sometimes another another thing with money too is people fight themselves like. Um, Maybe I'm coaching someone about who's having maybe some money problems and they're like, well, how can you ask me to think about, you know, what I want regarding money? This is, I'm, you know, because they're so focused on what is, they're so focused on the problem at hand that they don't even realize how, how much embroiled they are in that low vibration about more money. And it's hard for them to even think about changing their thoughts about it. Because so, they're so focused on what is and the problem of what is. But of course, yeah. what we you know what we were just talking about in that chapter, we have to go for the more downstream thoughts. That's right. Yeah, and and to take that your thought just a little bit further, I think probably the one thing that stops us most effectively from getting the money that we're looking for is not so much the downstream upstream thoughts about the money itself, although certainly that's important. I don't mean to, to minimize that, but rather things that are connected to money or, or perhaps even incidental to money or associated indirectly with money are the areas where we're, we offer the most resistant thoughts most often. I, I can give you a good example of that. It happened today during our lunch conversation. Um, Louise, Louise's business, her gardening business, has been doing very, very well. But it's also gotten to the point where She's not enjoying it right now. It's not fun. Um, and we, and to be honest, it, it, as good as it's been, it's also been a real stressful situation for her because we haven't always had the staffing we wanted. Um, so while there's been plenty of business, it's created headaches because you can't always do what you want if you don't have the right staffing. 
And right. she's been the owner and, and runner of the business since it first began. She first started the business, I think it was 2002, we figured out, um, with one little break around 2007. But you know, overall, it's like, I think a total of 13 years she's been doing this. And when you've been doing it that long, you're used to wearing a lot of hats. You're used to being the main problem solver. You're used yeah. to being the person who just you know goes in and does what has to be done in order to keep it going. And so that's what she's been doing, particularly uh, in May and June of this year, which were very hectic. Um, we did have a plan in place, and we still do have a plan in place for um, improving everything in the business. But uh, I knew going into it just because of where we were at that there were certain things that were going to make May and June challenging, and they did. And mm -hmm. one of the one of the uh, consequences of that was she ended up doing a lot of very stressful stuff that she really didn't want to have to do. And she even said to me, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, selling the business. I just can't keep doing this. And I understood where she was coming from. I also didn't want her to sell it because I knew that we're, we're poised to have a huge advance, a huge improvement. <laughs> You're like, no, you can't sell <laughs> But no. I knew where she was coming from. And I wasn't going to yeah. tell her, no, yeah. no, no. I was going to, I, I was going to be supportive <laughs> to her. And then, yeah. I, I, and I also know, I mean, our relationship is so good. I, I know all I have to do is be patient, and she will eventually come around to asking me what I think about it, which is exactly what happened. Right. Yeah. And when that happened, then I told her, well, I think we should stick with our current plan because our plan is actually working. It's just we've been going through a stressful time that we kind of knew we would go through. And I kind of outlined for her um, certain things that we can be doing right away to take a lot of the, the stress off of her. Well, she liked that a lot. Um, but my point is that she had a number of, and, and we're still working on some by, by the way. So there, there's actually, she has, it isn't just, she had, um, right. certain resistant beliefs in place that when you look at the particular beliefs themselves, they don't look like they have anything to do with money. But when you put them into the overall picture, it becomes very clear that they are money resistors. Um, for instance, Anytime, most of our clients are actually very happy clients, but in any business, you're going to get some people who just aren't happy. That's just, that's part of what happens when you're in business. And so a large portion of it is, well, how are you going to manage that so that it doesn't get to you and so that it doesn't undermine the rest of your business? And, and we're really not in any danger of, of it undermining the rest of the business at this point. But nevertheless, it gets to you. It's tough. And my response to her was, well, why do you have to decide that? And that was in the context of trying to, uh, of proposing the idea that she doesn't have to m make all the decisions anymore. That we can, we're, we're building enough of a structure here that we can delegate this kind of thing. Right. And, right. and so I, I said to her, why do you think you have to make that decision? And she said, well, who would? I said, well, I could, or Donna, who's our general manager, could. Um, right, but, you know, right. Either one of us could do that, and it wouldn't uh, cause us the stress that it's causing you. And furthermore, if we get somebody who, who calls with a complaint, the first person to contact that person with a complaint should not be the company owner. Because she looked at me, she said, well, <laughs> who, do you think true, it, who, who do you think it should be? And then at, before I even had a chance to answer, she says, oh, maybe the salesperson. I said, yes, exactly. The salesperson is the yeah. person who has the relationship. That's the true. person who should talk true. to. Now, mm -hmm. if the complaint is about something that the salesperson can't resolve, who should they go to? They should go to the general manager. That's Donna. Because Donna is running the operation. Actually, the owner is at best third person on the list <laughs> of right, who should actually right, be dealing right. with it, you know? <laughs> and that presumes that the assistant managers to, to the general manager can't do anything about it either. I mean, 
when the owner has to get involved, that's a pretty rare situation. You know, most of the time, if you got a, any kind of decent operation, now most problems aren't aren't insurmountable anyway. You know, you, usually right. they're fairly small. Occasionally, there's a big one, but not too often. And and any of them can be handled by the staff. That's what we're paying them to do. Well, she <laughs> she liked that idea a lot. But look at how that yeah, was a resistant more, idea. More downstream. Right. It's much more downstream. Yeah. But look yeah. look how much of an upstream thought it was, and how it directly impacted our finances. But she was still resistant and didn't, didn't recognize the nature of the resistance. Mm-hmm. Her, in fact, her react. Well, she understood the, the nature of it. She didn't know. She couldn't see a solution. Her solution was sell the business, which shows just how when we're dealing with stuff like that, we don't necessarily think of it as a money resistant thing. We think of it as a you know, I got to get the stress off of me. I, I, I mean, I'm hating this. I'm not enjoying this at all. So I got to change that situation. And she was resistant well, to the very that thing you... that would actually free her up and would um, and would improve the financial situation simultaneously. And it wasn't like she was against the idea. Once I pointed out to her, she liked the idea. But up until then, she had been resistant to it. She had never really considered right. that portion of it. You know. Yeah, yeah. So once again, yeah. the ideas made all the difference in the world, and the emotions attached to them also made all the difference in the world. That's right. That's right. And by the way, even, I also want, I also want to take a moment to say that I'm really proud of my wife. She has done a wonderful job building this business. And I, I've certainly played oh, a role, wonderful. too. We, we both played a, an important role. But I'm just so proud of her, mm-hmm. because, especially since every once in a while she'll say, I don't believe it. I actually own a, a successful business. <laughs> <laughs> she did it. <laughs> she did. And she did it starting basically with a little two-by-four plot that we had in front of an apartment complex that we lived in. And she she had quit her job. I I encouraged her to just do what she wanted to do for like six months and figure out what she wanted to do with her life. And so she went out and sat in the garden and just did some gardening. And then came in and said, "I wonder if anybody will pay me to do that." <laughs> <laughs> they did, and they do. <laughs> and it's it's grown ever since then. It's been amazing. Just like she that says, I, I I started it by by plopping my butt down in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> That is great. And a lot of times with money, kind of like you can think about money in a, in a more downstream way as well by, like you said, kind of not focusing on the money. Focus on what the money will do for you. Like, oh, I'll just feel so relieved. And, oh, it would just I would just feel so free. I'd be, feel so free if I had a lot of money because I would be able to do more of what I want spend more time like if if you kind of get caught up in the what what the money would do for you you don't even have to get the money the word money involved and sometimes yeah. it's easier it's easier to focus on those things to put you in the vibration of what more money would do for you and i consider those alignment things the, the, that that approach you know what would the money do for you is a way to get yourself into a better alignment a better you know better feeling place yes yes that's right that's Once right. you're in that better That's feeling place, then you then that the whole point of getting into the better feeling place. This is the part where I think all the books kind of stumble. They don't really they don't really carry out the story as far as they should. The Abraham Hicks books do better than most, but even they they don't quite carry it out as far as I'd like to see it. Um, mm-hmm. Once you get into a better feeling place, then a number of things ha- <clears throat> happen. First, by the law of attraction, because you're in a better feeling place, you're going to get better feeling thoughts. And what is it you're thinking about? 
well, you're thinking about whatever it is that you do. I mean, in this case, it's it's her business, her gardening services business, right? Well, when you're getting better feeling th thoughts about that, they may not always even come to you. They may come to somebody close to you. That's what happened in this case. The, the thought that That's came to right. her was sell the business. She didn't have a better idea. She knew we wouldn't be able to get anywhere near what we what the business is going to grow into. You know, but she was she was just so tired of dealing with all the junk that she had to deal with. It, it was, you know, getting a, a, a relatively smaller figure just to get the thing out of her hair seemed like a good idea. Mm -hmm. It took mm -hmm. having somebody else who she was close to to say, you know, there's actually a better way where we can get even more out of this. But that happened because both of us were aiming for a higher vibrational place first and then exploring yes. the thoughts. Yes, that's right. That's right. And sometimes with money, um, we can pick up things along the way in our life, like from childhood and, and different, you know, maybe someone's parents had a very lackful way of thinking about money. And sometimes, you know, someone could pick that up and they don't even realize that, oh, well, gee, oh geez, why do I yes. think that way? Like, oh, well, oh, oh, yeah, my father was always very tight with money or, or my, you know, my parents always talked about, you know, oh, don't, you know, don't get that, you know, you don't want to waste it or whatever. There's so many things we could pick up along the way that oh, yeah. make us think negative, negatively about money. And it's not even necessary. It doesn't even fit anymore. Well, Louise, point, Louise pointed that out about my life, about my family. Like in um, what way? Well, a number of years ago, she, she was asking me about different key members of my family um, and what their attitudes and experience about money were. And as I, you know, as I started looking at it consciously under her suggestions, I realized that probably the most successful people in my family were my father and my uncle, both of mm. whom were employed by the General Electric Company for all of their lives, all their working careers. Right. Um, and they had come from an impoverished family. Mm. Their Their father had basically been an odd jobs kind of a guy who um, – was certainly responsible, but just never had much money. Um, on my mother's side, my grandfather had a real estate investment business, but he, to be perfectly honest, not because of him being a mean person, he wasn't. He was just not a really good businessman. He was basically a slumlord. A slumlord. He he rented out these. Uh -huh. he, he would buy and rent these houses out, dirt cheap, to very poor families. But he wouldn't keep them up. I mean, and and when I say they would, he wouldn't keep them up, I mean they got into really bad disrepair to the point where, when it came time late in his life, you know, well into retirement, that it came time to sell them, they could hardly even break even on them. They were in such bad shape. And then there was my uncle, who, uh, how do I describe Uncle Ronald? He was. Yeah. He was a ne'er do well. He was. He always had a new, uh, uh, a new gimmick, a new, a new idea, a new business idea, or whatever. And he failed right. one after another after another. And, and when I kept looking at the pattern, and, and this, these are just a few of the people in the pattern. When I looked at the pattern, it was one person after another who had a long history of failures. Like I said, the most successful huh. people were, were my father and my uncle, and their success was based simply on being wage slaves for their entire lives for the same company. Right. Right. <laughs> that was it. That was wow. the most successful. <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, not to say that the other people were bad people. They weren't. 
I mean, right, my, right. my family members, I'm, I'm very proud of my family members. They, they've been really, really good people. However, most of my family are, were, were, were very badly damaged by the Great Depression in terms of financial mm-hmm. terms. Their, their mm-hmm. experience was mm-hmm. one of lack. They projected a feeling of lack. My father taught me lack. He didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. It certainly right. wasn't his right. intention. But he taught me lack from day one. Everything was about pinching pennies. Everything was about there's not enough money. Everything is about we're barely squeezing by. Yes. So what did I do That's when I right. became an adult? I pinched pennies. There was barely enough to squeeze by. I uh, repeated yeah. my father's pattern. Yeah. I didn't even realize I was repeating it. That's yes, yep, yep. But when, well, when, what when made we're, you we're, realize? Like what happened that you realized? That like you I said, my it? wife. My wife pointed out to me. Look, it's you. You have this whole family history of of basically financial failures and that's what you're repeating and at first i didn't wow. believe it right but over right. time i realized you know what she's right that's exactly what yeah, our history could, has been she could see it because she wasn't she was more on the outside she was on the outside was, just just yeah. as with the gardening business i'm i'm not on completely the outside because i play an integral role but i'm more outside than <laughs> no, she is. Yeah. she's right in the center of it it's so hard to yeah. see when you're right in the middle of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah Wow. It's so interesting how we pick up things that sometimes, and we usually probably don't even realize it. Now, I, the good thing about... The awareness. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And and having somebody, a loved one, point that out to you is really a great, helpful thing. Um, now, the, the really positive thing is I really bought into the idea of getting myself into alignment within the last five to ten years. And at first, it was really hard, and I've gotten a little better and a little better and a little better. Now I can get into alignment a lot easier, and I, I'm there more often. And mm-hmm. correspondingly, after some really, really trying times, our finances are turning around, and they're turning around mainly because of Louise's gardening business, which I'm yeah. now playing a major role in. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we're both mm-hmm. going at it. You know, and When you have a long history of not just your own, but your family history of failures and and feelings of lack and thoughts of lack and so forth. It, it's not something you can expect to turn around quickly because there's just so much there to turn around, you know? Um, so you kind of have to go at it gradually. You just, you know, every time that this, this has been my approach anyway, every time that um, I felt frustrated, I would try to remind myself to get into alignment and then focus on yes. the downstream thoughts. Every uh-huh. time that I was feeling up, I would try to keep focusing on the downstream thoughts. I made feeling good my number one priority and i've said that a lot of times here on the podcast that is my main priority because i know that the good things happen when i'm in alignment when i'm feeling good all the time or as much of the time as i can well it's like uh esther hicks always says with abraham that the reason why we want whatever is because we think it's going to make us feel good or feel better that's right so by by you doing that you're setting yourself up to attract circumstances and experiences that will make you feel better that will keep you feeling better and an interesting thing happens as you do that as you become as you do that more and more you become more self-aware right you become you become more noticing of the things that you that you do to trip yourself and you learn how to push more and more of them aside and and you know reduce the resistances get the resistances out of the way as they pop up but the other thing that i've noticed is that as i progress as I, I get myself more and more often into that happier feeling place, I find that my ability to handle the uh, 
the downturns because there's always stuff that goes wrong or stuff that doesn't yeah. work out right. Yeah. My ability to handle that has improved substantially. And I can, I'm beginning now to see that pattern show up where the more that I'm able to handle the bad stuff and just, you know, shrug it off more and, and not get all wrapped up in it, the more our financial situation improves. And Louise is doing the same thing. I see her doing the exact same thing. And, and it's mm-hmm. tough. It's tough. You're in the middle of the trials and tribulations. Boy, that's hard to remember. It's hard to even see. You certainly can't see the overall pattern when you're in the middle of stuff, right? But nevertheless, uh, when yeah. you when you look at it over the long haul and you, and you can start to see the roadmap layout, it's like, wow, it really does happen. When I get myself into that better feeling, better feeling place, even when things are down, if I don't allow myself to get real down and I can still look for the upstream thoughts, the overall pattern is general improvement of my financial situation. When you look for the downstream thoughts. When I look for the downstream. <laughs> Yeah. Did I say upstream? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Not, yeah. <laughs> You're going to confuse everybody. <laughs> well, it's like it's like what uh, Louise does. She she told me, you know, okay, she, she knew the area, so she was, she was directing me. She says, okay, up here, take a left. And I looked at the road signs. I said, you mean the other left, the right? She says, yeah, 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 that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not surprised you're saying what you're saying because I always remind myself and, of course, my clients all the time that when we do deliberately keep ourselves feeling better, also known as keeping ourselves at a higher vibration, we do handle things that aren't so great in a better way. You just mm. can't help it. You just do. And that's what you were saying, which is wonderful. Yes. And part of that is you get unexpected help. And by unexpected help, yeah. I mean you get you get different ideas than what you get when you're in the bad state. You get different totally. thoughts, you get different uh, hints from people, different suggestions. Because when you're in the, the positive state, or at least the more positive state, the, the happier state, it seems like there are more good things that, that show up, you know, good possible ideas show up. Not that all yes, the ideas work the, out, but you get more good ones. Yes, and the, and the quote, big things don't seem as big anymore. Yes, which is amazing when that happens. It is, and and it's 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 fantastic. Um, yes, <laughs> but it's also I, this is where I think it's really important. It's also important to recognize that when that transition happens, and it happens over time, when you get there, yes, it's amazing, but it's more amazing from the outside. From with your in your own experience, it was just like a general transition. It, it was it was either long transition short transition but it was just a transition so it just feels like naturally all of a sudden now i'm in this place where the big things don't feel so big anymore that's right that's the only right. time it looks magical is when you step out of that and look at it from an objective viewpoint Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean many many times especially when i'm first starting to work with someone i always you know sometimes it comes up and i say look you're gonna find if you do this kind of work that the big things don't seem as big anymore and things are much easier to handle than they used to be strictly by keeping yourself at a high vibration and doing the law of attraction work. And sometimes at first they kind of don't get it, which I understand because you kind of have to experience it. Exactly. But then, but then X amount of time later, I love when they tell me like, Oh my God, you were right. Like I'm just handling things so much better. And then when something unwanted does happen, it doesn't seem as big of a deal like it would have before all this. And I'm like, yes, that's right. And I mean, that's kind of, that's a great thing to have to experience. It is. And it's also really easy in that circumstance 
to discount the role that the law of attraction played. Well, that was just my right. personal development. Well, that's what I was just working <laughs> on all this time. And, you know, that's fine. I don't mean to take attention away from your achievement because your achievement is very important. But I also would point out to myself, and, and I've done this with myself, yeah, I did achieve all that. And yeah, the law of attraction helped bring all of it to me. There is not a contradiction here. It's not like it's That's one or right. the other. They both work together. There's nothing wrong with saying I, I earned it, and there's nothing wrong with saying the law of attraction brought it to me, and there's nothing wrong with saying both happened at the same time on the same thing, because they did. That's right. That's right. And the reason why law of attraction made it happen is because that person deliberately took action to make that happen. They they changed how they thought about it, or they raised their vibration about it, or they reached for better feeling thoughts, or they reached for more downstream thoughts. So like they were like we're all an active participant in that. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's and, important and, to understand as well. And and the final thought I think I'd like to leave with people is that when you're trying to improve your financial situation it rarely pays off, particularly in the early stages, to try to specifically visualize what you want to have happen and then expect that to happen. And this is why it is that you have to be ready for the serendipities and synchronicities and so forth because of the experience we just described over the last half hour. When you're in the yeah. middle of stuff, if you're feeling good, good ideas come to you. And while you're dealing with all that, it doesn't seem like you're dealing with serendipities. It doesn't seem like you're dealing with synchronicities. You're just dealing with life. You only see that stuff after you've been through and you look back and you say, oh, that was kind of weird how that happened. That's right, because sometimes we're so in it, we can't, we don't see it immediately. Yes. And this used to confuse me, too, I, because I, I would wonder, well, why don't I see any synchronicities? Why don't I see any serendipities? And, and so I found myself constantly keeping score, which is about the last thing you should do. Keeping score only holds you back. Oh, totally. Please, yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So really, the only score to, to keep, and this is something that Abraham really pounded into my head through their lit literature and through their workshops, the only thing to focus on is, how good am I feeling? If that's I felt right. really good, that was a victory. And that's the only that's score right. that I need to keep. If I can keep keeping that score, the rest of it takes care of itself. And th that's not just empty words. It's really true. Because that's the kind of victory I can win every day. Yes. And that's really the only thing you can't control. <laughs> yeah. You can't control someone else's. You can control your own, though. And you can't control the overall result, either. The only thing you control is your own emotional feelings regarding everything that you're dealing with throughout your day. So control that. And yeah. it, by the way, that's controlling everything. When you do that, then everything starts to work out. Yes. And I can't believe we're almost at the hour here. I know. But it was a, <laughs> a great, this is a great topic. I mean, we could probably go on... I'll other show about it too because it's so interesting to talk oh, about. Oh, we sure we sure could. Before we leave, though, uh, somebody needs to reach out to you because you've got a pretty good coaching service that you offer there. How do they reach you for some personal yeah, help with us? If someone wants some great love attraction coaching, whether you want to attract more money or a relationship or just feel happier or whatever the reason, you can go to lifecoachdavid.com and you can contact me through there. And we also want to encourage you, if you are not yet a subscriber, to get a free subscription to the podcast because it's really easy to do. You go to the homepage, LOAToday.net. All the instructions are right there. It takes you about a minute. And when you do, you get to join the club, the club of people who are downloading our podcast every day. And, and I, let me tell you, it's a big club, and they download a lot of podcasts, about 30 to 45 yeah. podcasts a month. So, yeah, it's, it's good <laughs> stuff. So, good. David, it's been a pleasure. look forward to talking to you again about this next week. Same here. Have a wonderful week, Walt.
Thank you. You do the same. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.